The Modern Recordist, the podcast where we talk all about designing and living life as an extraordinary artistic visionary, discussing inspiring and creative ideas around making music and art that creates an impact in the world. On this podcast, we hang out with musicians, songwriters, artists, producers, and all manner of artistic visionaries to connect with them and gain insights that provoke our greatest creative breakthroughs. I'm your host, John Stinson, a Nashville-based producer, recording engineer, and mixing engineer, a collector of experiences, a lifelong learner, a lifelong teacher, and an artist in my own right. And I welcome you to another episode of The Modern Recordist. Another episode of The Modern Recordist, and uh, I'm actually a little bit crusty, uh, kind of burning the candle at both ends a little bit, a uh, little bit of late nights. We're doing this one actually on location. There is a uh, conference in Nashville going on right now, the, the uh, uh, CD Baby DIY Musicians Conference. It's been an awesome week packed weekend and I've just been meeting tons of people and uh, having great conversations and uh, staying up a little bit later, you know, showing some people from out of town uh, some of the Nashville attractions and things like that. And of course, there was the, uh, uh, I'm a huge fan of combat sports, as uh, I'm sure you guys are aware. I talked about that before on the show, but uh, there was uh, pretty much the fight of the century last night. So I stayed up a little bit late watching uh, uh, the Mayweather McGregor fight. And, uh, I don't know if anybody else caught that, but it was, uh, it was pretty killer. So in any case, we are doing this one on location today. Uh, we are sitting in a conference room in a downtown Nashville location, and, uh, it's going to be a great episode. I'm super excited about this. So, um, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have a lot of fun, have a really good conversation. And, uh, my guest today on this episode of The Modern Recordist is somebody that it's, this is all put together impromptu. It was awesome. And it just really goes to show the, uh, the, the kind of atmosphere and attitude of this conference that I met. This CD Baby conference has been killer and I've met so many great people, had so many awesome conversations. One of those connections is with my guest today and I'm really excited to get into this conversation. There's a lot of stuff that is, uh, very, um, of personal interest to me and uh, resonates deeply with me and it's a subject matter that uh, that I really get fired up to talk about and explore my own life and uh, I know that there's a lot of people that, that, that feel the same way so I think that uh, you guys are all going to enjoy this. In fact, I know you guys are all going to enjoy this episode, get a lot out of it. So uh, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to get into an awesome conversation. My guest today is... Um, is a uh, person who is uh, in this musicpreneur space. And I'll quickly, I didn't do a whole lot of uh, prep work for this uh, episode like I normally like to do because all kind of impromptu. But I will quickly read um, in this, in the program book that I have here, the quick bio, and then I'll let my guest fill in the details. Um, she is a mindset coach for musicians and musicpreneurs helping them gain clarity on their goals and maintaining healthy work-life balance. She recently published her first book, The Rock Star Life Planner, which is available now on Amazon and other online major retailers. She's known as the Rock Star Advocate. Friends, please welcome to this episode of The Modern Recordist, my guest, Suzanne Paulanski. Awesome. Thanks for being on today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you doing this and being so willing to be um, just, you know, open to, because I approached you uh, uh, 
I walked into your, you were giving a talk, you were giving mm -hmm. a presentation at the conference. Right. I walked in, uh, it actually, I, th I think you'd, you'd already started, so I didn't catch the very beginning. But yeah, you said some things that really just like what you're all about and what you do, your whole business and uh, the, the space that you, that you participate in and mm -hmm. uh, it resonates deeply with me and, and so I was like by the end of your presentation super fired up and I just was like I've got to have her on my show <laughs> so I thought that you know you were um, that, uh, for some reason I, I picked up and uh, thought that maybe you were in Nashville but you're actually uh, in Queens. New York okay. yeah I'm in Queens yeah. New York I was in Nashville briefly last year and um, uh, well due to a fire I uh, had to leave my oh, wow. my dwelling and so I went back to New York okay yeah all right so. well um, maybe we'll get into that a little bit yeah. more but that, yeah, that sounds sure like that will come yeah, up. yeah 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 <laughs> um, but uh, in any case yes totally impromptu you're totally willing I just walked right up to you and said like I want you on the show it'd be great yeah. and you were like let's do it yeah, and so I really exactly. appreciate you just like scrambling just being available because I know that like when you travel to, to present it can be right. hectic and you know so awesome thank yeah. you yeah it's a pleasure I, I love having these conversations so it was a no-brainer when you were telling me about your podcast I was like sounds awesome let's yeah, do this <laughs> killer one thing I meant to do is uh, I'm gonna do this really quickly okay. is uh, to put this on airplane mode real fast so excuse the noise save my phone battery and keep me from getting uh interrupted get our, our conversation interrupted by a phone call no worries so cool so i um you know quit did a little bit of quick research but i didn't like i said i didn't sure. do like dive deep like i like to kind of like you know have a few things put together uh to talk about know what it's like mm -hmm. a person's background or whatever sure but i didn't you know didn't have quite as much time to do that this time so uh if you don't mind why don't yeah. you talk a little bit about what you do and kind of what your background is what rockstar advocate is all about and all that that's your philosophy there and yeah sure so um i've been in the industry for about 15 years um i started off at drexel university in philly i got my um, degree in music business uh, i had worked at atlantic records emi astroworks um, and I then decided to, oh, I also uh, founded Mad Dragon Records at Drexel, which still runs today. And um, I then started my own business with my college roommate. We were going to be, you know, the next Russell Simmons and Lear Cohen. And um, we thought we'd start our own indie label. And we just, we really became like perfection paralysis. Like mm -hmm. we, we signed one band, but nothing was ever good enough. Every press release had to be redone. Every bio had to re be redone. The website like never got published until like two years later. Like everything was always stalled because... We wanted to prove to everybody that, you know, two twenty-somethings could, you know, really out the gate be perfect. Mm -hmm. And we didn't want anybody to feel like, oh, who are these people? We we were also two white girls in the hip hop industry, and we just felt like we had a lot to prove. So we were afraid to put anything out that wasn't like a hundred and ten percent perfect. And um, that led to just, you know, a number of years of just not doing anything of real magnitude. Mm -hmm. And um, we then turned into a consulting business and so we started writing people's bios and doing their EPKs and their social media plans. Um, but again, then we fell under the money mindset of scarcity and mm. nobody's going to pay for this and you know nobody's going to pay top dollar. So we priced ourselves so low that I mean there was no way to scale it. Yeah. There, you know, it was we couldn't keep up with anything to make a real living off of it. And um, we decided to part ways. Um, and you know we're still good friends to this day. There's no hard feelings. Yeah. Um, but I think she wanted to go pursue more of her own music, and I'm not a performer. And I always wanted to be behind the scenes. Okay. And I still felt like there was something there. I just didn't know what it was. So during this whole time, so about for like eight or ten years, you know, we had these full time jobs with this side gig that we wanted to make our main gig and it was never happening. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I did think we did right was every time we took a job it had to lend itself to what we were doing. Okay. So, you know, and I think musicians also kind of um, overlook this is that when you do have to have a full time job, 
find what you can leverage from it. I actually wrote a blog about this on Sonic Bids recently, like find what you can leverage from it. So if you if you have to be a waiter or a waitress, you're gonna learn great customer service. Like really own that and tweak that because you can leverage that for yeah. your fans. Yeah, cool. Um, I was a paralegal for five years. So while I was there, I learned how to write contracts. I learned how to, um, you know, understand negotiations and leveraging, you know, different points in negotiations. And, um, she went to go work for a uh, a social media startup and she would tell me everything that she was learning and we learned uh, different ways to engage people on social media. Um, and then I went and managed the flagship store of Crate and Barrel in New York City and I learned so much about branding and I would follow the general manager around and just say, well, why are we doing this campaign and, and how are we doing yeah. this? And, you know, I just so if I had to be there, I was going to soak up everything yeah. that I yeah. could. Yeah. Um, and then I went to go get my master's in psychology because I was at a crossroads. And when I feel when you're at a crossroads, go learn something, okay. like go read another book, go ask people questions because that will help you like you know, figure out what you're missing. So when I went back to school, I realized that, wow, there's, there's so much more psychology is so powerful and it's in everything that we do. And so, um, after going through a a few, you know, career, uh, travels and twists and turns, I realized that, wow, I can come back to this music industry and, and create something that hasn't really been created and be a mindset coach for musicians and that, that just need to get out of their own way. And if you go into any other industry, I have friends in the entrepreneur world that are mindset coaches and this is the most like popular thing in the uh-huh. world. Yeah. But in the music industry, like nobody even knew what that was. They're right. like, what's yep. a mindset coach? Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really felt it, it took a while, it took about a good year for me to keep with this and, and keep telling people that this was important. And then, you know, people started catching on and yeah. and I've been doing this full time for about two years now. Cool. It's been great. Yeah, that's killer. Yeah. I love the idea. And one of the things that uh, even when, when you know I saw your presentation over there, one of the things that really did resonate with me is this idea like like um, what you just touched on uh, and being involved in other like whatever the job is or right. whatever um, even like you know exposing yourself to ideas right mm-hmm. and and drinking in like these certain sort of like mindsets skill sets right. from them and whatever you're involved in if you're involved in like you know paralegal then you know there's there's things that you can pull out of that that can you know apply to like managing or, or, or working in your artistic career and all that sort of like business stuff that goes around with that or you know you said customer service when you're waiting tables or things like mm-hmm. that you know that's always something that's resonated with me and there's been you know I've all it's it's interesting because the last I think people are coming around now like when I come mm-hmm. to conferences like CD baby people are really uh, talking about a lot of the things that I was they're articulating better the things that were in my mind like 10 years ago going like I have in my head I you know these ideas kind of abstract ideas about where I might need to draw um, learning experiences from Mm -hmm. but I didn't know how to kind of like articulate it as like sort of as well as you put it you know and other people that I've met that have put Mm -hmm. it and people are coming around to this idea of like I think what just general entrepreneurs or CEOs of bigger companies have known for a long time, which is to go out there, expose yourself to a lot of, like learn from like everywhere and figure out how's that going to apply to what you're doing because it can't. Mm-hmm. Read books and uh, uh, study people in other disciplines and things like this. You know what I mean? Like you're not working in the tech industry, but you're, you know, you're making music. Not You're not in the tech industry, but maybe you can learn from what some of these guys are doing or like like, you know, even what some people did, you know, in the car manufacturing industry or whatever, read a lot of books across a lot of diverse disciplines mm-hmm. and stuff. And you, you even brought that up, I think, in your yeah. uh, in your presentation because you, you had a couple specific book right. recommendations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and none of those books were written by people in the music industry. I mean, I think the thing that when I was working at the major labels and I always had this mindset of we're so different. Like, it's not going to work because it's the music industry. Like, you can't apply certain things because the music industry is such a different beast. And even when I finally hired a business coach because, you know, I learned that, you know, I had two two companies prior to this and I was so set on 
you know, I'm an entrepreneur and I can do it myself and, you know, I don't need anybody and I'll figure it out. And how can I hire somebody if I'm the one telling artists that I can show them the way, you know, but a therapist has a therapist, a boss has a boss, like everybody has, yeah. you know, people that they turn yep. to. So, you know, I, I finally got out of, out of my own way and I hired a business coach and she wasn't in the music industry and she kept trying to guide me into these things. I said, it's not going to work. It's, you don't understand the music business. It's not right. going to work. It's not yeah. going to work. And she was like, you need to stop and you need to trust what I'm saying mm -hmm. and you need to just try it. And, you know, there were different things like, listen, I mean, there's certain things in other industries where, you know, you can price something super high and people are like, you know, just can't wait to spend money on it. Yeah. And that's not always, you know, there there is income wise and, and money mindset wise a little bit of a difference in the music industry and just what people value and what they're willing to, to put money on. So to that extent yeah there's a little bit of a different ball game in the music industry but i think you said it perfectly when you know study other disciplines because they're not that much different and mm -hmm, you can right. apply it yeah. to what you're yep, doing yeah the core sort of the, the 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 core kind of a kernel of of fundamentally what sort of drives it right. is extremely common whether you're like you're, you're writing music or you're trying to innovate in another discipline of some kind right. you know even if you, you know you're a person who maybe you're 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 like a, a bodybuilder you know there's a certain there's like creativity mm -hmm. you know there's creativity and kind of this um, certain type of work ethic and and thinking like sort of like contemplating your goals and innovating towards those goals and that the the that Right. embodiment is the same and can be translated across another discipline like right. creating music okay or, you know first there's like you know I want to create a unique piece of music that has a certain type of you know artistic kind of uh, pushing the envelope you know uh, but then I, I need to figure out a way to really you know uh, connect this to the world in, in, in certain ways and you know and, and those it's like a certain kind of like creative essence that can be mm -hmm. a, a, like applied to lots absolutely. of different disciplines. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's killer. So awesome. So, um, so, uh, uh, and you had said something earlier about, uh, uh, I had a follow up question about <laughs> something you had said that escapes me now. But in any case, um, um, what are some of the, what, what, mention some of those books that you had, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, um, Charles Duhigg. He was a writer, is a writer for the New York Times, and he has a few best-selling books. Um, one of them is The Power of Habit, um, which is really, really great. I mean, it it what it's not so much um, it's not so much heavy in like it's people kind of look at it and they're like, oh my god, it's gonna be like a textbook. It's really not. It's a lot of very interesting case studies that um, he studies NFL players and NFL coaches mm -hmm. and um, Google and all these different businesses and like you said disciplines from all over about how human behavior is leveraged because you know we are creatures of habit that's what we do and sometimes we fall into bad habits and mm -hmm. how do we replace bad habits with better habits um, and what he said was so interesting he did a lot of uh, scientific research and also a lot of case studies and it, it really came out that you know you don't ever get rid of a habit you just change the behavior you change the routine so you know like smokers might get used to you know putting their their hand to their mouth and you know they're mm -hmm. always used to yeah. taking puffs well like a lot of people when they quit smoking they, they start eating carrots or like little okay. snacks because right. it's trying to change that trigger is putting your hand to your mouth but yeah instead of a cigarette you're putting something healthy yeah. in your body so you know it always stems from like how do we change a habit rather than just trying to say, oh, I'm just not going to smoke. Right. You know, it's it's always about triggers and routines. So that was really eye opening. Um, and then he has a follow up book called Smaster, uh, sorry, Smarter, Faster, Harder. And um, it, it's a really great read on uh, he studies how Lauren Michaels has created this team for SNL for yeah. almost 45 years. Yeah been a successful show so you know something like that I always get asked by artists how do I build my team well read this like yeah. look at how okay. Lauren put this he, he was very methodical yeah and who he sometimes like you'll see a new cast member come on and they'll be like oh why they why they pick that person over that person yeah but there's a method to it right. and, and and the the 
the the um, feedback that he got from the people at SNL to explain why Lauren makes the choices he makes was mind-blowing it was so cool he goes into Pixar and how Frozen came yeah. to be and why Frozen was such a phenomenon there's a reason for it yeah yeah so you know it's totally applicable to what musicians do yeah that's killer yeah. and that's exactly like you know top of mind for me lately has been you know the the need to build my team and it's mm-hmm. just been very become very apparent to me personally which is why you know a lot of what you you've talked about has resonated with me so much because I find myself to be a pretty ambitious person, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm not unlike a lot of other creatives out there, which, you know, the, the, the certain types of, um, you know, maybe blind spots in our kind of like our mind about how it's like I had this idea, but then like the realistic sort of granular pieces that go along with building that idea into something truly viable, mm-hmm. what it's actually going to take, what the timeline will be, what the resources around that would be. You know, I have like, just like anybody else, blind spots around that, you know. Right. But there's a lot of people, people that listen to this podcast, people that come to this conference, people like you and me, we have that extreme sort of ambition, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So there's just a lot of things that we right. want to do and we want to tackle and we're so eager to do it, right. you know, and... Um, and that's been something that, that I've thought about as I reflect on, you know, because I've had enough time in this industry now to kind of have a substantial amount of time to right. look back and reflect on. And it's like now just knowing how important, you know, team building is mm-hmm. and putting people around, you know, enrolling people in this mm-hmm. vision and bringing them on. Right. And that's uh, something, you know, it's like I really want to explore right now and just yeah. it's so top of mind. It's so present. Absolutely. And and just real quick, I just also realized that I got the title wrong. It's uh, Smarter, Faster, Better. Okay. I think I got confused with the Kanye West uh, <laughs> <laughs> right on. lyric on there. But um, to your point about building a team, you know, I think the thing also that people forget is you know, we do what we're taught, right? So you're taught in the music industry when there's a team, um, because a lot of the times we look to the major labels or the mainstream artists because that's who we see, right? So you think team, okay, I need a publicist, I need a manager, I need a booking agent, I need this, I need that, I need a lawyer. And yes, those people are very important and they all have their role and they all have their purpose and their time within your journey. But I think when you're starting out, people forget that, like when they get overwhelmed, you know, you don't need a manager till you have enough for them to manage, right. you know, but people forget that just like anybody else who's starting to, to, to build a business, and this is why I want musicians to embrace being a musicpreneur, you know, you're a, you're a business owner, is that when you're starting out with a business, instead of getting a manager right away, think about a virtual assistant, you know, think yes. about just having yeah. an intern yeah. Yeah. or an assistant handle, they don't have to know the industry right. to be able to handle some emails for you right. or do some research, like, right. that's another thing, if you're a control freak, because I know I am, my, my biggest thing when I hired my virtual assistant at first, I was, now I give her a lot more and I, I trust her and she's amazing. But in the beginning, I couldn't give up control. And my mom said to me, like, give her research to do then. Like, while you do everything else that you're so controlling over, she can handle research. And, you know, blogs that I could share, you know, articles I could share, um, market research for me. And all that other stuff. Going through analytics that a lot of musicians don't like to do. Hire someone right. ten bucks an hour to do yep, that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's 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 awesome uh, because you know in the past in, in in various other pursuits that I've um, pursued over the years, I have messed around kind of in sort of like the online virtual free like hiring freelance people. There's right. such a like it's so incredible, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's so many like the, I, I actually did it kind of like diverge to a side note real quick. Every morning. Most morning, I try to spend time at the very beginning of the day to do a gratitude journal. Mm, okay, yes, absolutely. And so I write out, you know, what I like to do is write out seven specific things that I'm grateful for, and then I like to write out like a reason, like why are you just like instead of just like listing like things, right. grateful, why specifically am I grateful for yeah. that? Well, it's oddly enough one of the you know the things that has come up consistently is I'll say that I'm grateful for the internet. Yes. And it's funny because. And I'll write on there, it's like, well, why are you grateful for the internet? <laughs> because a lot of people will say, um, you know, it's like, you can you can find a lot of people who will make the argument the internet screwed everything up, right? right? Turn Cat music videos, business on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything. <laughs> but, but it's like, literally, it's, it is so incredible because it represents this unprecedented level of abundance that we have in our world today. Right. And specifically when we're talking about what you just mentioned, virtual assistance, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You can, you, you're like, I'm overwhelmed. Well, for 10 bucks an hour... You can just go on any number of platforms, 
post a job for something, you know, immediately hire a, a, a team member to help with some of these um, uh, tasks that are that are may not be of like like they're important to do, right. but but it, it's not like the best use of your time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's incredible. So with the internet today, I mean, it's just like the fact that you can go and do that. And I've messed around with that a little bit in the past mm -hmm. uh, for certain things like, you know, uh, having people help me build some technology. But uh, in terms of like actual, like a virtual assistant, I've mm -hmm. never hired anybody to do that. And that's something that I've been thinking about, trying to think about, you know, what would I, like what that looked like. What, what's right. kind of your approach for like how you, like you have a specific virtual assistant right. now, right? That mm -hmm. you've been working with for a while. Right. And that person I assume is maybe from another country, right? They live in another country. Well, she, yeah, Colorado. Okay. I'm in New York okay. and she's in Colorado. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So how does that relationship work with you? Like sort of what, what does it look like from a practical standpoint? Like whether it be day to day or week by week, monthly, sure. like how do you interact? In of course. Your That's a great question. Yeah. Um, so first, you know there and yeah there are other websites like you can get people in different countries and you know it all depends on your budget too I mean I, I my virtual assistant like I, I pay her a little bit more but again what were my needs and what was her experience so you know she's a little bit older and she's been um, a, a, like an administrative assistant and, and a project manager for many many years so you know I wanted somebody at for what my particular needs were as somebody that I didn't have to really explain things to she picks up on things very fast okay. I trust her to write the most professional emails or you know whatever um, needs to get done I don't have to explain a whole lot yeah but if your needs are different and if your budget is smaller then you know getting a college kid that you know can just they know how to use the internet you yeah. can have them just like I said just do research or something basic or make spreadsheets or organize your contacts or you know anything like that um, so first of all I would say first I, I wrote out what my needs were and what was I going to you know I saw some people that were a little bit more affordable and I saw some people that were more expensive and it was just so what was my where did I fit in and what was I willing to pay and and then what I did was and I think a lot of people skip this step is that um, because again they're not operating as a business owner they're just like oh cool virtual assistant here's ten. okay and they just like find somebody who like maybe they went to Fiverr or you know went mm -hmm. on some other website yeah. they don't take the time to vet them because this is going to be a team member yeah and you are whether it's five bucks an hour ten bucks at what or intern whatever you do you still are hiring them so I picked four people that I went into a Facebook group of other entrepreneurs and I said hey guys like I'm looking for a VA who do you like who do you who um, do you recommend and and what do you usually have them do uh -huh. you know because I was kind of lost at that moment um, and then I got some recommendations I interviewed four people and I got on the phone with them okay and I was just like I just saw who I vibed with because you know I'm gonna be giving them my passwords you right. know I'm gonna yep. be giving yep. them my emails right. and I'm somebody that you know I take relationships very seriously and so somebody that's not going to pay attention and send out the wrong email to the wrong person or somebody that's going to like you know um maybe share my password with somebody right. or yeah. you know not yep. you know yep. and i also i specifically chose outside of the music industry because she's not going to care that i have the cell phone number to the founder of reverb that's Nation, a really good point you know yeah because the big people in our minds don't mean anything right to her. yeah you know i also have some clients that are pretty high up in the industry i mean i work with cypher sounds who has been a radio uh dj and and radio host and been on mtv and i have his personal info yeah. I don't want someone who just wants to get ahead and right. use me for my contacts. Yeah. She has no idea who Cypher Sounds is. Right. Like, yeah. It's not going to matter. So, right. you know, being, I, I specifically chose somebody outside because if I felt I, I could trust their intentions a yeah. bit more. Yeah. Um, and then I really sat down with her and I said to her, like, listen, I don't know what to give you. <laughs> you know, yeah. being that right. she was so experienced in doing this, she actually helped guided me being like, well, why don't you give this for me or you have that's a newsletter awesome. every week yeah. I can format that for you killer that's you know? great so yeah I didn't you, even think about that yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. having somebody that is maybe a little bit more skilled in that yeah. area um, but then also like I said just having somebody that you can give them the the menial work to do that you don't want to do right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome I, that's, a, that's a really good that's a really good insight is to is to actually because I, I'm par paralyzed by that all the time going man I'm overwhelmed 
with things that I have to do. Right. And then when you sit down and go, well, how am I going to remedy this situation? Well, I'll bring a team member on and delegate things. And then you sit down and go, I don't even know what to delegate. And it's this crazy weird loop right. where you're going, wait a minute, I've got all this stuff to do, but I don't know what I have to do. And it's just like weird. And it's cool. To, that's a really yeah. good. Um, so that, that's a huge tip to, to yeah. in the process of like who you vibe with, right? And somebody who can kind of go, look, I'm a specialist in this. Right. Let me lead you through here's what I suggest you give to me that I'm good at that I can do that's awesome right and I've definitely had people I mean my financial advisor has told me like well you know you could get somebody more affordable and it could and you could too like everybody could it's just what are your needs and being that I can give her something and I barely have to explain it and she knows exactly what to do and she like I don't even think she's ever made a mistake with me like it, it's it's yeah. it's worth it to me, right? So it, yeah. it just depends on your needs and what you're willing to right. work with. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And so then it's also with something. It's a situation where it's 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 not like a person like this doesn't have to be. It's not like you're you're, you're like they're not they're a freelance person. Right. They're on contract. Right. So it's like exactly. you know you might go. There might be a month where it's like you know I don't need to contract you for this stuff. It's right. not like you're having to pay them a salary exactly. every month and have that like stress of like overhead. It's like right. when I need that person, I can call on them. Right. When I don't need them, I don't have to have that expense. Right. And yeah. just no matter what team member you hire or work with, whether it's a lawyer, a manager, an assistant, whatever, just make sure that you're not giving up the reins. I mean, I mentioned this at the talk too, that you're not just saying, okay, good, do this for me. And then like you feel great and it's off your plate because you have to know how to set expectations so when I had her do a few things you know I didn't even have to ask because she's used to this she sent it back to me and said before I send this out how does this look to you is this what you had in mind because Mm -hmm. I might be different than the other person she works for you know so you know it's it's not just being clear on what you want them to do but what expectation do you expect to have yeah you know because if they do mess up or they do do it wrong sometimes it's not always on them like right did you make it yeah. clear what right. you want out of right. this right yeah that makes yeah. me that makes me think uh uh, there's, uh, I don't know if you read like Tim Ferriss mm-hmm, much or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was listening to his podcast, and he, I, it was sometime when he said, and I, I quote this sometimes because it's just so like it's funny <laughs> to me. But he said, um, you know, if you find yourself like if you you like say you're out running errands and you go out and you're going to like the bank and on the way mm-hmm. to the bank you're in traffic and you're like oh what a bunch of assholes <laughs> and then you go to the bank and you're waiting and you're like oh what a bunch of assholes <laughs> and then you go to the coffee shop and you're waiting in line what a bunch of assholes. You're the asshole, right? <laughs> so it's like yes. it's like kind of the same things as like, you know, this hasn't been done to my expectation. And it's right. consistently not done to my expectation. Well, right. maybe you need to look in, internally and go, right. maybe I'm missing something in how I communicate right. setting expectations. Right. And that's, again, thinking like a musicpreneur. It's, you know, thinking like a business owner. Because at the end of the day, like at Crate and Barrel, if something went wrong or we didn't miss, our, if we didn't make our quota, yeah, okay, the sales team probably like screwed something up. But it's the general manager that takes the heat. Like, they're the ones where it falls on. Yeah. And you are the, the it. The buck stops with you. So, you know, getting your ego out of the way and just being like, own it and take responsibility and be like, you know, the buck stops with me no matter what happens with my team. It's on me to right. make sure that it's up to par with what I expect. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I kind of want to switch gears a yeah. little bit and kind of go back almost a little bit to the beginning just because I'm yeah. interested in a, a little bit more of your background and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you you went to Drexel. Yes. And actually, I had a friend that went to Drexel, oh, too, awesome. so that's cool. Um, I, I've been to – actually, I think I've spent time in Philly, like, uh, only, like, once. I've only been up there one time. But anyway, I had a friend that lived up there in Drexel, so that's cool. But uh, – uh, you you were you studied psychology is that well, right? Well, I studied or? music business at Drexel. Actually, okay. we were the first. Um, this is dating me, but we were the first um, graduating class. We okay. were the first class they had. It was a brand new program. Um, I probably why I got in real real fast. But um, I think we had like a hundred people apply, and now or. Yeah, I guess we had we had forty people in the in the whole class, and we had a hundred people that applied, or or two hundred or three hundred, something like that, maybe three hundred. And now they only take three hundred, and oh, they wow. have thousands who apply. Oh wow! Okay. I mean, cool. it's just been it's blown up, but yeah. um, it was so cool. And that's actually how I found out about Nashville because we did a whole bus tour oh, as cool. one of our classes, and we we met with the ASCAP people here down in Nashville. But um, yeah, when I, when I started at Drexel there, I did music business, and then years later, I went back and I did psychology. Okay, so what was was the psychology the idea to go back? Uh 
was that something you were kind of like personally interested in or thinking about maybe going into psychology? Yeah, oddly enough, I actually found this thing um, when I was in high school. We did the whole Y2K thing and we did this time capsule that we all buried and I had made a copy of it before we did that. We did the exact same thing. Right? (laughs) And I found it at my parents' house like a a couple years ago and it said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I just wrote down three things. I didn't even like explain them. I just wrote music, lawyer, psychology. And I don't even remember doing that, but like it's apparently those are always been my interests. And so when it came time to my business partner had left, I had a lot of personal stuff going on. My dad was very sick. I ended up having to quit my job and and work at Crate and Barrel. And that's how that came about. Um, it, It was all very overwhelming. And I thought, you know what? The music industry, like I'm done with it. I'm not inspired. I don't know what to do. I'm going to go back to school. And so I went back to school. Um, I did the the master's program in like under like under a year and a half because I just I like to I don't like to be in school I like to just get it done yeah and so I breezed through that and um, I thought you know I'm gonna be a social worker like okay. I'm gonna work with teens I'm really passionate about helping our youth and that's what I'm gonna go do and then I did an internship at a, a high school and I also did an internship at a mental health facility for like runaway teens okay. and stuff like that. And I don't think I've cried more in my life. Hmm. Like, I just don't have the fortitude for it. I mean, I tip my hat to anybody who has to deal with that stuff. It's incredibly, um, you really have to put up a wall at some point. Sure. Yeah. And I'm not good at that. I'm yeah. an empath. Right. I feel everything around uh-huh. me. And it just wasn't good for me. And it wasn't healthy. I, I, I couldn't be of service to these people because I couldn't even deal with my own, like, taking it in you know um so i realized i'm like okay i'm not gonna waste you know nothing's ever wasted i'm not gonna waste this master's program it didn't take me where i thought it would but let me like figure this out and so at that point i had a lot of uh clients like former clients at the time being like when are you coming back to music like we need you we need your support and if that felt really good but i was Mm -hmm. like i don't have an answer for you i don't know i don't want to write another bio like i don't know and so that's when i hired a business coach and i she looked at my my history and she's like what do you want like how do you want and the actually i'm sorry she said how do you want to feel because she came from the whole danielle laporte background and i didn't mention this at my talk but danielle laporte another great book the desire map okay desire map the desire map it's actually a workbook um but danielle laporte is so funny no one in the music business ever knows of her but she is like killing it she's one of the top you know oprah tells everybody about her like she's interesting she's a phenomenon and she has an incredible following and she started with the whole don't don't go with what you think you want. Think about how you want to feel. Because I'm the perfect example. There was no mindset coach really yeah, in this uh-huh, industry. Yeah. But I don't know that and I don't know what I want to be until I know how I want to feel. Yeah. And so if you follow, if every decision you make is, uh, is all about how you want to feel, and these things are gonna change, you know, you, you might wanna change how you wanna feel, you know, every couple right. months or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But at that moment, I wanted to feel that I was bringing peace of mind and self-care to musicians. I wanted to help them slow down. I wanted to feel like I was helping them breathe easier. Yeah. And all that came out in our sessions together. And she was just like, so you're their advocate. Like, that's what you are. You're advocating for them. And you're you're helping their, get them a clear mindset. And I was like, oh, like the heaven yeah. gates open. Yeah, yeah, and you, know, yeah. you hear all this stuff. And right. that's what it did for me. And, the, and she had me go through the desire map. And it completely changed my whole perspective. And, um, yeah, it's how do you want to feel? And, you you know, reassess that. Keep reflecting every couple of months. And, because that might change. But Danielle, um, her whole following is... It's crazy online, but like everybody at, in January picks their, you know, what's their word for the year, you know, what, and people spend like hours and days and they have like Facebook groups dedicated to like helping you find your yeah. word. Yeah. I mean, people really go hard on this. Um, I just sit there and think about it. And like for this year, I wanted to feel seen. I wanted to, and I didn't feel that way last year. Last year, I think I wanted to just feel confident. Okay. Um, and this year, I wanted to feel seen. So that made my whole decision making. Like when you said, "Do you want to do this podcast?" I, I don't specifically want to feel seen, but I want my message to be seen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, totally. Yeah. You know. So when mm-hmm. you asked me to do this, that was an easy. I didn't even think about yeah. it because yeah. that that feeds my vision. That feeds how yeah. I want to yeah. feel. Yeah. I want this message to right. be seen. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's so. that's so awesome. So, um, so let's do get into because we'll probably. Yeah. I know you, you're gonna have to kind of split here, and we got to get onto other time. things. But, uh, but I want to talk about specifically kind of 
um, you know, get a little bit deeper into granularly the mm-hmm. work that you do and sure. like this, this this key phrase of like mindset coach mm-hmm. and stuff and advocate and all that kind of stuff. So, and, and when you present this stuff, when you talk about it and you're so, you know, uh, well thought out about it, I get the sense that, you know, it, it comes from, it's the manifestation of uh, solving your kind of in a way your own right puzzle right mm-hmm. like you're talking about because when you talk about you know certain things about like these overwhelm and challenges and mm-hmm. like ways to break through that and mindset and all that stuff I get the idea is like here's a person who personally went through all, all right. that stuff right? right so what's what's that I mean you you because sure. you talked one of the things that really lit me up was when you started talking about um, burnout yes. right and this idea of uh, uh, which we all do it today of like um, almost like bragging rights like right. oh I only slept for two mm-hmm. hours or something and you're like we've got to stop doing that right. that's ridiculous right. right right and I'm a person who like um, uh, I actually went through an extreme burnout in mm. my in my in my work so I was just a real quick personal about sure. me was I was um, working really hard like that right mm-hmm. I was working as a uh, producer and engineer trying to make a name for myself in the studio and that's always a line of work that's just known to be like you're you're, you're just you know you get there like 8 a.m you might leave at 2 a.m or something right. right and then I was working to try to build a business around kind of my own version of sort of a label and marketing and right. stuff, working with bands and stuff and I was killing myself there all the while just you know toting that flag of like sure you know sleep is is that's for another time or something whatever (laughs) and i I literally burned out and i didn't realize i didn't even know i mean it was like literal clinical diagnosable burnout Mm -hmm. which i was completely unaware that that was even even existed yes absolutely (laughs) and i completely lost my passion all but left the industry Mm -hmm. my career kind of just whatever i didn't even care right i didn't know i was lost right you know and you know, quite frankly, I'm on that. I'm, I'm coming out of that now. That brings mm-hmm. it up to today. Sure. So when I go to a presentation like you and right. yours, and you're talking about this stuff, and I'm just fired up, I'm like, <laughs> because that's I want to advocate this stuff right. too. Because I right. went through this, and we need to we need a, yeah, a, a new message. Yeah. 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 So so get into that for a minute. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So here's the thing. Like I, I'm born and raised in New York. We just move fast. Like that's mm-hmm. just what we do. And um, my parents, both my parents were very hard workers. Uh, my dad, he has since passed, but he, he taught me so much. And he just, he worked in the financial district. My brother works there now. And, you know, I learned a lot, both what not to do and what to do. Um, both my parents, very professional, very hard workers. You know, the work, um, y- you do your best at all times and you, you your reputation matters, you know. So they instilled a lot, a lot of wonderful traits in me. Um, but my dad, never home you know, missed all of our recitals and games and all that stuff. And and that was fine. I understood what he was doing. He provided a great life for us. Um, but he, you know, we'd go on vacations. Mm-hmm. That phone was out. I mean, yeah. he had the big cell phones before the cell phones came yeah, out. You know, right, he had the right. big car phone and all that stuff. And, um, you know, we'd, we'd be asleep in the hotel room and he'd give work his hotel uh, number. And so at yeah. two in the morning, okay, you know, yeah, it's Wall yeah. Street. They don't sleep. That's what yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, it caused a lot of, uh, a lot of issues and, you know, but I, I embodied that. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to go to Wall Street, but I'm going to do music and this, I'm going to work just as hard and all this stuff. And I get to Drexel and I start interning at Atlantic Records and I meet my mentor and, you know, he was so wonderful and he took me under his wing and he, he really vouched for me and, and, and took, got me to, uh, I was a college rep at WIA and, you know, he really um, advocated for me. And so I didn't want to let him down. Mm-hmm. I had to do everything in my power. So then he said, well, listen, I'm gonna, I'm moving over to Astroworks. Like, I could get you a job. Mm-hmm. And you'd be the youngest person by 10 years there. Like, mm-hmm. you'd have your own office. You know, I was 20 years old. I said, all right. I went to the, the counselor at Drexel. I said, how can I get out early? Like, I want, I want, yeah. I, pre- I, I ran through Drexel in three years. I took eight classes a semester or trimesters. Wow. Um, I had three different jobs wow. while I was there. I literally was on, and when I say Coke, I mean the drink, not the drug. <laughs> I was on, a, a, a my diet was Coca-Cola. I had three Cokes in the morning. I had maybe four or five. I was going through a 12-pack a day. I had four or five in the afternoon, and then maybe like some mac and cheese with a yeah. couple of sodas mm-hmm, at night. Mm-hmm. Um, I was miserable to be around. 
I was nasty to everybody. Mm-hmm. I did not have a whole lot of friends. And I was just like, I had to get there. Yeah. And, and then when, once I got to Astroworks, why slow down? I'm going to start my own business yeah. with my college yeah. roommate. Right. So all this happened. And, and even my old bosses at Atlantic were calling me up and saying, don't do this. Like, go to Europe. Oh, wow. Go travel. Okay. You got out of school Interesting. early. Yeah. yeah. And then I had my mentor saying, no, if you do that, you're going to fall behind. Like, everybody's going to catch up to you. You're ahead of the curve. Why would you do this? Why? And here he is. And he talks a mile yeah. a minute. And he's yeah, got, yeah, And yeah. I'm like... In my mind, I'm like, that's who I want to aspire to be. Like, you know, yeah, right, somebody right. that was so jittery. And and so I continued to do that. And then I, I quit that job five times. I mean, that's how out of my mind that I was. I, I would quit and then I would show up the next day to work. And I would quit again and then I'd show up the next day. And I, I finally, I... I I was I started therapy uh, that year, my first year at Astroworks. I was 21, and I my therapist was constantly saying, "You have to leave this job. This is not healthy." And I'm like, "You don't understand. It's the music industry. You don't understand. You don't right. understand." Yeah, yeah. And finally, I got the courage to leave. And you know, I was so you'll never work here again. Blah blah blah. Um, but a lot of people did support me, and I, I that's when I became a paralegal. And but even then, I was like, "Okay, paralegal, but I'm bringing my laptop and I'm going to do work. So yeah. I'm going to get this this right. this business off the ground." And da da da. And no sleep and like barely functioning. And people kept telling me for years. My therapist also kept saying, "Stop." this like slow down yeah didn't do it didn't do it anyways uh fast forward i was about 26 my dad got sick oh well then i took on even more i was like no i'm gonna make Mm. this happen and let you know even my dad being sick didn't give me you know here he is somebody that like just worked his butt off right and he was not healthy and all this other stuff came out um he actually got sick because of september 11th and because he went right back to work the, uh-huh. the, he went right back to where the the planes hit. He he worked a block wow. away, and he he got cancer from all Just the, the fumes, toxicity. From the toxicity. Wow. But that didn't stop him. He actually still went back to work. He had his BlackBerry in the hospital. He went back to work up until three months before he passed. He was wow. doing chemo and showing up, and like nothing stopped him. And I, it still didn't hit me even at that point. Yeah. I was like, yeah, no, this is the way to go. And then after he had passed. I, uh, a few months later, went camping to get my mind off of things, mm-hmm. and I came back with Lyme disease, and it put me, at, like, out. <laughs> mm. it, I was bedridden for a very long time, and I could not do anything. And it was frustrating. I got depressed. I would cry. I would say, yeah. but I have so much to do. Yeah. And finally, I learned to just let go yeah. and trust. If I had five hours to do work, I was going to kill it those five hours then I was gonna sleep for ten yeah like whatever had to be done yeah and that's when I realized okay I need somebody to guide me in this because this is all new territory to me and something's broken right and and that's when this whole stop the sleep shaming uh, came about because now that I trust it but I know how hard it is for people to trust because I had to get sick in order to trust right you know like you were saying yeah it shouldn't be that right yeah it, yeah. it shouldn't it's it's really and, and it's such a it's such a um you know the mind is such a powerful just like your belief and it's almost as if it's almost as if there's got to be some sort of like external factor that breaks that cycle right. because just your own sort of uh cognitive loop isn't gonna just interrupt itself right you know what i mean right do you have any um Anything that you may have discovered through your work and like the, this mindset mm-hmm. practice that might be a thing that can help a person interrupt this psychological loop without going, you know, having some sort of like, you know, life altering. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, first of all, I mean, I like I said, I understand how hard it is to buy into this um, because a lot of it is counterintuitive right and a lot of it is totally counter to everything we learn in this industry right with everybody going hard and we're rock stars we party hard we play hard all that stuff Mm -hmm. Um, the one thing I would say is monotasking Mm. like just try it out for a second because multitasking has been scientifically proven not to work Mm -hmm. you you think you're doing it you're not doing it your work is shoddy don't do it so one of the first things is to monotask and do one thing at a time you can switch gears and do 15 minutes of one thing and then switch gears and do 15 minutes of another thing but during those 15 minutes do that one thing and so you know that's how things actually get done and 
So it's it's just a matter of slowing down, and it's a matter of, you know, Marie Forleo is another uh, wonderful. She teams up with Danielle Laporte all the time, and Marie Forleo always says like, you know, everything is figure outable. You know, yeah. You can. It will happen. So slow down, and when you feel totally overwhelmed, that's your body telling you, okay, hit the pause button, which is counterintuitive because when we're overwhelmed, right. we, we want to barrel yep, through. We yep, want to barrel through. Yep, yep. But train yourself. Understand that when you're feeling that overwhelm, it's your body saying, slow down take a second breathe for a second and know you know that this will work out sometimes you know like i had an hour to write a blog that was due you know to somebody um and i was freaking out i, I couldn't get the words out my mom said walk around the block and i'm like are you kidding i the time is yeah. ticking like i have right. to do it. walk around the block so i walked around the block and as i'm walking and as i'm breathing in the fresh air and getting out of my seat and moving my legs everything came to me of like yes. what I wanted to write. I wrote it in 15 minutes. That's incredible. You that, know, like yeah, yeah. just get, it, yep. will happen. Yep. <laughs> it will happen. Do you know about, have you ever uh, come across Stephen Kotler's work? Yes. Yeah. So that reminds me exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, and, and, and even cause he, uh, even he had Lyme disease, you mm-hmm. know, in his story, you know, but, um, but yeah, what you're saying, because I, he did recently a, um, creative live mm-hmm. thing that I watched. Yeah. It's incredible. But he was talking about that. He goes, mm-hmm. you know, he was talking about he was working on a project, just completely had total writer's block. It, deadlines were coming up. He had to do like rewrite a whole bunch of book, uh, part of his book and whatever that he needed to turn in. And he couldn't get it. And so he's just like, well, I'm going to go. Um, I think he went like, you know, in some kind of extreme sport thing. Right. Like he was going mountain biking or something. And he said, I came after that, I came back and I wrote that, that wrote the entire rest of this book and like, and it was a matter of hours, right, you know, right. and there was zero, the, the editor came back with like maybe one minor thing. Yes. And yeah, that's mm-hmm. totally after that. It, it, but it's, it is difficult mm-hmm. because your, your, your conscious mind is right. saying, are you nuts? Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's all, it comes down to trust. It really is that we, we are so, what I learned after getting sick was our bodies are such magnificent incredible things because they tell us so much you know like if you if you're if your skin feels dry or yeah. you know you're you're tired all the time drink water and drinking enough water oh my god your skin clears up and all yeah. like your body is showing you and giving you signals of what it needs yeah and we just have to tune in and listen to it so you know if you're sitting there looking at the same paragraph or like you know you're trying to write a song and you're so blocked about it your body's giving you a huge huge like big loud sign saying like put this down yeah <laughs> put totally. Down, but yeah, we don't listen to it because right. we're not you. You know, we don't trust that our body knows what's good for it. Right. Yeah. So, do you have any particular activities that you do? Like other, I think this is lends to like for me personally. I'm I'm really a big fan of like fight sports and stuff. Mm-hmm. I actually go and I, I train Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Oh that's awesome. And it, because it's a personal interest of mine, but it also mm-hmm. it's like killing two or three birds with one stone. Right. It gets me fit, keeps me in shape. It helps this exact problem mm-hmm. to break that psychological loop and it's another hobby it's another thing that i can you know that that, that i'll enjoy right is there do you do you have anything personal like that or do you you know like advocate for you know uh, a specific kind of practice of some type yeah absolutely i have a couple of things i mean hot showers to me are incredible um i actually have a small group of other female entrepreneurs all in different industries that we have like this little group um that we hold each other accountable and check in with each other we're all very highly anxious people Mm -hmm. and i do have a lot of anxiety i I went to therapy for years to to manage it and you know um when i get anxious and there's certain senses you know we call this like stimming or certain things that you know can make you feel better and for me taking a hot shower and feeling that heat and being able to breathe in the steam mm-hmm. will incredibly calm me down um even like pacing around my apartment and i even got this very heavy bathrobe um you know they talk about this a lot and with autistic people but it's it's actually even for anxious people or anybody mm-hmm. certain things so for me like having a heavy blanket on me mm-hmm. just to breathe a little bit easier yeah. um so that i i do and i light a candle with um with a scent that ca- calms me down um it's like a beach scent yeah um so that's what i do immediately um other things though every every day for 10 minutes i meditate um i really love headspace because i can't take myself seriously meditating and my mind goes uh-huh. what i love about headspace is that it's very guided and he'll come in every couple of minutes and say i know you probably wandered off it's okay come back and like yeah, that help cool. helps me yeah yeah so i love headspace um, and the other thing is I like to give myself an hour of like Netflix and I, I, I try to or Hulu and what I try to do is I like to watch shows 
where there's a really strong badass female or there's a business owner like I like watching shows about you know CEOs and stuff like uh-huh. that or a documentary because like you said killing two birds with one stone I'm giving myself time on the couch but I'm fired up yeah like I right. get these yeah, ideas yeah. you know or you know anything it, it motivates me yeah so um, those are the type of things like you said I love like if you're gonna find a hobby like try to find something that's gonna leverage you know what yeah. you need yeah um, Cool. Right on. Yeah. Cool. Um, so what is it like, uh, like what, what's an example of like working with you and Mm -hmm. like, you know, um, you know, however much you can sort of like detail a specific kind of, you know, let's just say like I'm a new client or something, you know, and I, and, 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 and I want to come work with you, what you're saying is resonating with me and Mm -hmm. like, what's kind of like the next steps and what kinds, what's the process of like what you, you would like lead me through of like, Mm -hmm. you know, you met me like two days ago or something. Now, you know, a little bit of information about me and we want to take the next steps to kind of like work together. How does that, what does that look like? And you know, sure. Sure. Well, first off, if I hadn't met you, there is a quiz on my on my homepage about what what kind of rock star are you. And so basically you fall into like three categories and and then I lead you to which services or products would most likely um, fit you. Um, So that's one thing, like if you hadn't met me, but after knowing somebody and meeting them, what I usually do is. that kind of then uh, skips the whole uh, like free consultation, like little 15 minute, you know, get to know you phase. So if I do know you, um, then the next thing would be, um, you know, I, I give you the service or, or the product that I think would work best for okay. you. Like I have eBooks, uh, video courses, but I also do group consulting, one-on-one consulting, and then I do um, a full VIP one-day intensive. Okay. Um, but they all have different purposes. So you know, I don't always try to pitch like the most expensive one because it's not about the price tag. It's yeah. about well, what am I going to work with you on? And if you're just starting out, the VIP intensive, we're not going to have really anything to work on. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's yeah. for somebody like, um, you know, like a Cypher Sounds or, or, or somebody more um, that's been in the business for so long that has so much to manage and they have very little time to meet with somebody. Yeah. We would, you know, sit down and, and do like a one day intensive. But for somebody that maybe just needs clarity, I have what I call these clarity calls and they're a 90 minute session, whether it's on Skype or phone or in person. Um, and we sit down and we really look at what it is you want. It's kind of like a, like a quick, um, desire map thing okay. like that, like okay. that Danielle Woodport will walk you through, but it's, it's, it's more of like a get straight to it. What do you, how do you want to feel? What do you really want out of this? Because, and it's usually a very interesting transformation that people have when we do these things because artists, for example, will immediately think, well, I want to get signed. Yeah. And I'm like, so I go a little bit deeper. I'm like, well, why? Yeah. Like, what is the reason there? And it usually just comes out with, well, isn't that what musicians do? You know, you build and build and build until the label wants you. Right. Um, And then I explain to them, and I don't try to talk them out of anything. Mm -hmm. I really don't because that's not my purpose. Um, I try to just explain to them, though, what that entails and what that's really going to look like. And then I ask them again, is that still what you want? Um, most of the time and they're like no it's not but sometimes it is and I'm like there's nothing wrong with that that's fine as long as you're clear on what that means you know what's the what does it mean to be signed by a label Um, because a a lot of the times they're under the wrong impressions of what that entails Um, others might say well you know I want to I want to make a living but like I I can't tour you know I'm not somebody that Mm -hmm. tours and and Kevin and Chris on the DIY podcast uh, just gave a wonderful session here about how to make money without touring so I explained to them the the different income streams that they can do Mm -hmm. and so we look at what your resources are where you are in your career and then what you can be doing right now yeah. uh, to work towards that goal yeah. because a lot of times what I have found over the years is people just don't know what their next steps are yeah. they might be very clear on their goal but what, are they, what can they do now yeah. so yeah. you know I help them with that and another key part no matter what service and whether even if they buy an ebook or they, they do a video course or, or they work with me one on one the common theme here is always going to be time management. Right. So we do a lot of work on slowing down and time blocking. Yeah. How do you time block? What does that mean? And how can you fit everything in? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of creatives, they'll define themselves as multi-passionate, right? Yeah. As I'm sure you yep, are. It's yep, like yep, you've totally. got a passion for podcasts and and um, and and doing you know music and all these other different yep, things. Yep. So how can you fit that all in without defining right. yourself by one thing? Right. And we figure out what that umbrella is. Yeah. You know because that's your brand. Yeah. And how can you to have a brand when you have so many different aspects? Yeah. Um, so that that's mainly what we do together. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea that, uh, 
you, you keep saying, uh, you know, kind of like just slowing things down and allowing just like space and like breathe a little bit and everything. It makes me think of, uh, I love a quote that resonates with me. It kind of, I don't think it, some, it definitely resonates with me, but, uh, Jocko Willink, the, mm-hmm. uh, Navy SEAL. And he said, uh, he said, uh, there's some, I think that the Navy SEAL have this, the, 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 the SEALs have this mantra of, uh, slow is smooth and mm. smooth is fast. Yes. You know what I mean? Exactly. So it just makes you be like, yo, we just need to slow down. And right. things are going to run smooth. When they run smooth, it was, we're going to get where we want to go. One, like, I love that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Because, it, like I said, it's counterintuitive. But if you want to go fast, you have to work slow. Yeah. And slow just means it doesn't mean working at a snail's pace, but it means monotasking. Yep. It means making time for each specific thing rather than doing two things at once. Because you do a couple of things at once, you're going to do at least one of them over. Yeah. So what have you really moved faster? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make sense. If you have to, if, if you're speeding through all this stuff and like a whole bunch of things get done wrong, you got to right. do it again. It's just like, right. that's not fast. Right. You know what I mean? And like <laughs> right. now you're, you're, you're going the real long way about, you know, and it's right. kind of like also brings back the old adage of just the tortoise in the hair. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? And it's just so funny how mm-hmm. like we learn, that's one of the first things we learn as we're kids in like, I don't know, kindergarten or early grade school. <laughs> and then we grow up as adults and it's just like, that's like they out the window. You. They warned you. Yeah. warned you when you were yeah, little. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, and it also just goes to, you know, busy versus productive because busy is a very fast track for, you know, just like the hair. You know, it's a very fast track for burnout because you're going to go, 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 go. And you're not even sure where you're going. Right. So you've got your head down. You're, you know, worried about the speed and you're not seeing the bigger picture and you're going to miss out on something or screw something up. And at the end of the day, you're just going to be tired. And right. What, why is that? Why do you take pride in right. that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. You work with a lot of artists. Uh, I get the impression that most of your clientele is kind of like, you know, the, you're the artist advocate and you're mm-hmm. working with, so this is like songwriters, musicians, performing artists, or uh, recording artists right. and stuff. Is there, do you is, do you have any makeup of your, your clientele? Like, like, I do all those things, right? Right. Uh, uh, write and record music and all, everything. But uh, what I've all done, always mm-hmm. done professionally, you know, if you go to my website, it's all about producing, recording, and mixing. So right. I, that's... You know, my bread and butter is I, right. I, I get hired as a freelance recording engineer, a mixing engineer or mm-hmm. something. Do you have anybody that's in, in kind of like makes up your clientele that kind of falls outside of the, the... Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I've kind of tried to really define musicpreneur because it really is, and I consider myself a musicpreneur. I consider a do-it-yourself musician a musicpreneur. Um, anybody that is trying to make their own career in the music industry. So I've worked with producers. Um, artists, uh, I work with managers, um, people who wanted to create their own um, career as a booking agent. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever it is, it all comes down to what is your business? Is it selling music or is it selling a service? It might be a couple of those things. Um, but if you've got something where you want to build a career in music um, or any type of creative space, um, like I said, some of, some of my bigger clients, like they might be TV hosts or okay. or uh, radio hosts or anything like that. It's, but it's all within the music yeah, realm. Yeah. Um, but there's all these different professionals. So yeah, basically anybody looking to have a better grasp on their time management and where they're going and how they're going to get there, no matter what what kind of um, stage they're in, which is why I kind of created that quiz so you can kind of see where you are. Um, but no matter what the stage, you're always going to get to a point where you're going to feel overwhelmed. That feeling mm-hmm. never stops. We right. just want to manage it and, you know, and get it under control. Yeah, right. Yeah. Cool. Right on. Awesome. So you've got, uh, you've got some eBooks, you've got some online courses and mm-hmm. workshops, you've got some one-on-one uh, consulting work that you mm-hmm. do. Uh, is that or coaching work? What, yes. The right mm-hmm. way to, yeah, coaching. to describe yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing that you would do. Um, you can do that anywhere because yeah. it, you, you would Skype do it over Skype or something. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Skype, yeah. Google Hangouts, all that stuff. I have I have clients in Europe, in LA, in Nashville, who I still have yet to meet in person. Um, cool. In in Florida. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's all over the place, and you know, but I also try to offer a lot of free resources too. So I have a free Facebook group, the Rockstar Collective. Mm-hmm. Um, I have group consulting, which has a private. Facebook group. Um, I also do uh, at the end of every month. I do a webinar, um, so that's usually like the last Wednesday of every month. Um, I do a, a free online webinar, um, and uh, and yeah, and and I write for Sonic Bids and TuneCore and Reverb Nation, and cool. you know, just try to get as much out there as I possibly can. Yeah. And you know, and I don't burn out doing it because I I have a specific piece of the week dedicated yep. to each of yep. those things. Yep. Very yeah, very cool, very cool. 
Um, I was scoping out your website earlier. Did I, I may have come across? Did you do a, is there a retreat or something that I yes. came across? Yeah, yeah, I am doing a summit. I don't know when when this particular thing will air, but um, at the end of September, the twenty eighth to the thirtieth, okay. I'm doing a mindset a musicpreneur mindset summit. So it's in Delaware at the end of September, and the whole purpose of it, and um, and I've done online summits too, is they're all guided to whether you know we're going to talk about licensing, we're going to talk about building a team, we're going to talk about um, branding and all of that stuff, but everything is under the guidance of how can you do this in a manageable way. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's likely because um, you know I'm batch recording these, and it's likely that by the time that you 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 all hear this, that will already have happened. But that's cool. You, you know, it, right. it's another thing that's like that you do. How long yes. is that? You, how long is that? One? Yeah. So it's three days. It's okay. two and a half days. It's it's Thursday night, the twenty eighth through Saturday the thirtieth, um, down in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Cool. And mm-hmm. is it's the is this the first time you've done something yes. like that? Okay. Yeah. I've cool. I've gone I've done them online before, and yeah. this is the first time I'm going to do them in yeah. person. Yeah. So yeah. it's another thing that just that you have out there to keep aware of because right. you know there may be more exactly. whether they be online or in person or right. something like that. Right. That sounds that sounds really interesting to me uh, yeah I, I, uh, I that's again uh, I've got so many I, I come up with a new <laughs> idea every day I just have to write them down right because yeah I've been thinking about that too it's just um, um, something that maybe that's it seems interesting to offer you know what I mean right. just like but uh, but that's cool awesome I know you've got to go to the, another thing I got to go to another thing and probably need to wrap it up where uh, what's the best way for people to follow up with you and find out more about you yeah absolutely so you can find me and everything about me on my website therockstaradvocate.com and pretty much everywhere online Pinterest YouTube Twitter Instagram Rockstar Advo or come join me in my Facebook group the Rockstar Collective killer Awesome. Yeah. Thank you again so Thank much you. for doing this. Yes. Great conversation. Really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to staying connected. Yes, absolutely. And I'm looking forward to being able to share this episode with everyone. And yes. I, I know it's going to resonate deeply with people. So awesome. Awesome. So great to meet you. You Thanks too. again. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. And that concludes another episode of The Modern Recordist. We've come off a long recess and we are in full swing working hard to bring you a whole bunch of new episodes through the end of this year with insightful conversations from inspiring guests talking all about making music and art and how to thrive in your creative lifestyle. Thank you so much for your continual interest in this show. Last week was our first week back in over a year and the response has been awesome again I cannot express how grateful I am personally for your dedicated listenership and your support of this podcast. It really is the best feeling in the world to know that The Modern Recordist is a podcast that's resonating so deeply with people. I uh, truly am inspired by the incredible response the show has gotten directly upon this relaunch of the podcast. It's been awesome to have so many people around respond to our first episode back in such a positive way thanks for all the comments and emails from new listeners and veteran listeners letting me know how much that you appreciate that the modern recordist is back if i haven't heard from you please reach out i'd love to know more about you and how you found out about The Modern Recordist and uh, what you've gotten out of listening to the podcast. And this is the perfect way to tell you about our all-new website dedicated to The Modern Recordist. This is the place on the internet that is going to serve as the home base for the podcast from here on out. Check it out at modernrecordist.com. Here you can check out all the episodes we put together to date. You can hit the contact page and send us a message. And if you're a brand new listener, you can check out the Start Here page we've set up for you to get familiar with the show. But most importantly, make sure you enter your email address using any of the forms you will find all over the site. This way, we'll make sure you never miss an episode and you're in the loop on all the latest and greatest that has to do with The Modern Recordist. All right, folks, I'm going to get out of here. High fives and fist bumps from Nashville. Here's to making great music through the final days of 2017. There's more for you next week. And in the meantime, go live your life 
of an extraordinary artistic visionary and create music that impacts the world. <laughs>